Hello, and welcome to the Natural Healthcare Network podcast. My name is Deb McLeod, and I really appreciate your sitting in and listening in. Today, I am delighted to say that I am sharing a Cancer Talks podcast with you. This is a conversation that nutritional therapist Linda Sims and I had with an amazing woman. Her name is Eva Bartos. She is a health and wellness coach, and she also received a cancer diagnosis. This is her story. I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed the conversation with her. The one that really, really got to my heart was when people would say, oh, you have breast cancer. Well, that's the good cancer. If you're going to have cancer, that would be the best one. I don't remember feeling any good about it. Um, I, and whatever cancer anybody is going through, it's their worst because they are going through it. So to me, that was, it, I didn't hear it often, but I just heard it enough. Hello, and welcome to Cancer Talks Podcast. My name is Deb McLeod, and I appreciate your joining me along with my colleague, Linda Sims, who is a qualified nutritional therapist. Today, Eva Bartos is joining us. She is a health and wellness coach, and she also had a cancer diagnosis. She received this on the 29th of January in 2020, just as we were getting ready to go in to lockdown and deal with a global pandemic. She has to deal with her own health issues. Our conversation with Eva is not only inspiring, it's refreshing, and I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. So, Eva, yes. thank you so much for joining Linda and me today on our podcast. It is absolutely delightful to have you here with us. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really do appreciate it. This is fun. You're welcome. We're here today to talk about you, Eva, what you do, your background, you're a health coach, yep. and you work with people on their lifestyles and helping them implement new ways to improve their health and well-being, but also really primarily to talk about the fact that you have had breast cancer. And actually, uh, it was 29th of January was your anniversary from being yes. diagnosed, wasn't yes. it? So we're here to talk about that and talk a little bit about what it's like in America as far as treatment goes and, and care goes and probably lots of other things. But does that sound OK for now? That sounds great. Sounds great. Okay. So what do you think, Linda? Do you want her to kick off and tell us a little bit about? I, have, I just to say we, we have gone international. We have, haven't we? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Eva's our first international chat. Yes! <laughs> I made the list. <laughs> she did. How cool is that? We're in Massachusetts today. Yes, all the way from Massachusetts. So Eva, tell us a little bit about your story, if you do that, and then we'll go from there. Okay. So as you know, um, January 29th, I, a year ago, I was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. Mm -hmm. um, and then it, it, for me, it, it moved quite fast. And first of all, when I got the diagnosis, 
um, I actually found my own lump. Um, I had had a mammogram in May the year before and nothing was found. But because of the location, and it's funny how I found it, I had been doing um, modified push-ups because I had two pull muscles in my back. So I figured, well, if I have two pull muscles, let me strengthen up my back and just do modified push-ups. So that night, I remember just feeling a pain across my pecs. And so I, I was laying in bed and I went to go massage it and I felt the lump. And I even asked my husband, I was like, this does, does this feel right to you? So I waited uh, just a few days just to see if it was, you know, something that I had done to myself with the exercise. Um, and I, I got right on it and asked for a, um, an appointment with my, my gynecologist and she got the ball rolling. I call her a pit bull in a skirt. She's very, <laughs> she's very, <laughs> nice very easy to talk to easy to relate to um and when it comes to getting things in motion to get things checked out um she was on it so she sent me for a mammogram um nothing was found because of its location it was near my sternum um right there um and so you couldn't find it with a mammogram so she sent me in for an uh, uh, ultrasound and that was flagged. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was sent in for a biopsy a few days. It was three days later. I get the wow. phone call from her. I was just about to go on Facebook live when I get a phone call from my doctor. And it's funny cause she had done her homework. Um, she knows how I'm like, she knows that I like to be involved um in my care and so when she called to give me the news she also had in mind a surgeon um and I asked her why him and so she says because I know her words exactly were because I know you and I think he's the he's a good fit for you um and she had the appointment made um, for, so this was a Friday. She had the appointment made. No, uh, this was told me on Wednesday. I had the appointment with him on Thursday. Um, and then it moved fast. Um, yeah. From there, I, you know, you get all your preliminary, you get your, um, MRIs, um, uh, your heart, your echocardiograms. Um, and then I was all, I also did, reach out to, because it was a ton of bricks. Hmm. And so I did reach out to here in, in the States, we have a foundation called Susan G. Komen, yep. the breast cancer foundation. They were absolutely precious. Um, I called and I said, I've been diagnosed. Um, I think it was a week old and the lady on the other end was just the kindest soul. She literally, not literally, but through the phone, took me by the hand and just explained what uh, what could possibly happen. And then not only that, she matched me with a um, support person who wow. you can call at any time. 
Um, so they, they were very, very helpful in, in that, um, in that way. Gosh. And you, you had that diagnosis just around the time that COVID was starting to ramp up. Yes. Didn't you? I remember. So my first, so I was diagnosed January 29th. Um, I actually had my port put in February 14th. <laughs> um, and then my first, uh, chemo was February 27th. Um, and so COVID was a murmur, let's just call it that. It was a murmur. It wasn't quite, it hadn't been labeled the uh, pandemic that it, that it became. Um, but I remember a few weeks after that, so maybe my second. In, so my husband was able to sit with me for the first two chemo infusions, but that was it. Um, from three to eight, um, he, you're going to get me crying. He actually, um, he was a big support. He actually sat in the waiting room for the five hours of infusion and um we just video chatted and the nurses it was they are in a different breed um because the nurses would pop in their head and see his picture his video <laughs> there or they would go get him because then we, we couldn't touch coffee we couldn't touch anything that they had there it was all hands off and so not only are they being your nurses now they're being your wait staff too so um yeah but it was it uh, for me i had a truly wonderful experience. Um, and you know, I, I'm actually grateful that I got to meet these people and it took cancer to do that, but they're wonderful people. Wow. That's so amazing to hear. Cause I think when, yeah. when you feel supported and when you feel that the people around you are there to really help that they want to help and you feel that, you know, they listen to you. That also makes a difference in the way how you receive the message, how you receive the treatment. Yeah. 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 He was, he's, he's because he's my husband. Um, he's who I see day to day. He's my rock. He's my rock. I did have support, um, from family and friends. As a matter of fact, um, uh, on the last day of my chemo, my friends all got together and did a drive by parade <laughs> so here I am just like half in the bag with chemo and I'm looking out the window and cars are beeping and my sister's a kook. She's got the, the pink scarves and signs and all of that, you know? So yeah, the support means a lot, means a lot, especially when going through cancer period, that support. And then because you're sheltered even more because of the pandemic yeah. and you know that you're immune, immunocompromised to begin with. And so your friends just don't let you be alone. And, and, but they give you your space too. It, it, yeah. Those friends. Yeah. Priceless. <laughs> mm, absolutely. So can I ask, because you are a health coach, um, what were your first sort of things going through your head? What was, what was going through your head? What, what did you think, what do I do next? What can I do? Well, the first thing I do, and it was immediate, it was almost one of those knee jerk reactions. And I said, okay, 
I need to, if I was eating healthfully and trying to maintain a healthful lifestyle, I need to dial that up and concentrate on, on, on that. Um, I need to get through this and I will, that was my mentality too. I will get through this. Um, and so that's the choices that I made became even more. And I like using the word intentional because my intent was to help my body heal from from the chemo, from the, and support it because I would have a long journey ahead. So I'd had the chemo, I would have surgery, um, and I would have radiation. And it was in between too, which also helps the doctors that, that we got together for the team. They worked along with me because I asked, I need a month. Is it going to matter? I need a month in between each um, treatment, uh, I need a month at least to work on rebuilding my immune system so I can prepare. So after chemo, I asked for a month so I can prepare for surgery. And I asked for another month so I could prepare for radiation. And they were, yeah, of course, it's whatever you want. You, <laughs> my oncologist kept saying, you drive the bus. Wow. So with that too, I remember having conversations about foods and supplements. I, cause you have to tell, you have to tell your oncologist everything you put in your mouth. Um, so I did, he was not scared. Not, he never told me, Oh, you shouldn't eat that. Nothing. He just said, he took down the list of what I ate. So a lot of green um, matter of fact, I would bring in green smoothies to my chemo room because I was not going to have the cookies and crackers and potato chips. I wasn't going to eat that. So I would bring my green smoothies and I, also the um, some of the side effects uh, of chemo is possible constipation and all that. So I knew I had to I had to support my gut health. Mm. That was top for me. I need to support gut health along with my mindset. So I would bring in these green smoothies. I would bring in my chia pudding. And I remember the nurses looking at it. What do we have today? You wouldn't like it, but it's good for me. <laughs> um, and they knew. I mean, I would make one for me and one for my husband. So he was in the waiting room having his green smoothie oh. or, or pond scum. Um, but... <laughs> It's what got us through. It, 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 so I never, I really think that in supporting my health that way and choose in re, being really intentional in the foods that I, I chose to eat, um, that actually has continued. I, I no longer, no, I'm not taking the liberty. I don't, I'm not doing that. So it's evident on your Instagram posts you're always sharing your lovely foods did you already know had you done any sort of work with people who had had a cancer diagnosis or you know as linda said when you got that did you start thinking okay i know i need to eat well but was there any research that you did with regards to what you would need to do to support yourself having had a diagnosis of breast cancer it's funny because when i was speaking with some people 
um, who had had the breast cancer, I, I would hear, oh, you're not supposed to have the kale and, and you're not supposed to have the raw veggies. For me, it didn't make sense. Um, so, but it makes sense for them. So for me, I just, that's actually when we stopped talking about the diagnosis and the medical stuff. I just say, I eat healthy. Um, for those, because I don't, I don't want to encroach on anybody else's rights to choose for themselves, nor do I want them to encroach on mine. So I just don't talk about it. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I knew that I needed help with that. This was uncharted waters for me. So I did, um, tap into certain individuals who are into the, the functional medicine, um, who had guided me. I would ask the questions. I would um, send a private message to them and they would, they would help guide and, and really tune into the types of foods and that I would need to support my, my journey. Mm. But it wasn't, I, I was not on my own. I relied on my training. Yes. But I needed to fine tune this. This is something else I wasn't used to. And do you feel that the way you were eating through your treatment, that really helped you to get through the chemotherapy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Side effects were minimal. Whenever I would have a chemo infusion, the very next day, and my doctors knew this, the very next day I would load up on the parsley and the cilantro and, um, <laughs> and the kale, I would load up on that and my, I had very minimal nausea. I had never had, um, mouth sores, never had constipation. Um, yeah. So with, I did have tiredness and my doctor also, he did his research and he um, was saying, you know, you need to be out there walking. Oh yeah. The way out of fatigue is to walk. Yeah. So I would, you know, take my neutropenic butt for a walk. Um, <laughs> and my husband would do we, snails crawl, but I was out there. I was, so when you get your chemo the next day, I would have to go in for my um, white blood cell count shot. Mm. That one seemed to be, maybe it wasn't caught that, but it was for me after that shot, I just felt like a, a lead weight. Um, so that's when it would kick in and my, my training would kick in and say, no, this is the, the shot. This is chemo. Um, you need to walk it off. It's how you're going to flush it all out. So I would just walk, walk my backyard and just make a, a U. So my, I live in a, a U shaped, I would just walk the U <laughs> outside and my neighbors probably I don't know, thinking I'm crazy, but that's but I, what I did and that's what worked. This is what this is the lockdown exercise for lots of companies <laughs> yeah. mm. around their gardens. Yeah, especially when you're neutropenic and that nadar, that nadar week, you oh, please stay 10 feet away. I know the government says six, but I prefer 10. Yeah. I mean, how did that, it's interesting, I'm going to divert a little bit, but how was that for you from a stress standpoint of thinking, I have to go out, and then there's this crazy virus, rampant 
that's global. And, you know, did that, do you think that's changed you any throughout the, the process? I think, I, I think we, and I say attack, but I like to use more kinder words. So I never was the person to say F cancer. Mm. I was more, I'm going to love it away. I'm not going to introduce more stress into my body. Cool. So when it came time for the, you know, with the pandemic and cancer, I just said, well, this is my new normal and my husband's new normal. I would, I would go grocery shopping before cancer and it just switched. So he became the person who went grocery shopping, wipes everything down before bringing into the room, um, into the house. And we just took our precautions. Mm. Um, and it actually kind of served the pandemic. I think I always try to find the silver lining in it. So the pandemic actually offered us the bubble that was okay for like, I, I didn't miss out. I don't see, I never felt like I was missing out on going out to eat because there were no restaurants opened. I never <laughs> felt like I was, you know, doing things with my friends because they weren't doing things. <laughs> so I kind of looked at it that way. Well, let's make the whole, the whole cliche. Let's make lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. I, I love your attitude, absolutely. And, and I yeah. love the um, love the cancer away. I think that, yeah. that's such an amazing way to look at it. But it's really difficult for a lot of people to, to feel that way. Um, how did you get to that point? Because I'm, I'm sure when you found out that you had cancer, you must have had, uh, it, you know, it, it was a shock. I'm sure it was a shock because it always is. So how did you get to that point, you know, from A to B? It was in my training, I got to say. Um, the only night I actually lost sleep was the night from I had been diagnosed to seeing the surgeon. Mm -hmm. That was the only night I ever lost sleep. The, every other night I slept like a baby. Um, my mom actually said, how can you sleep with this? I would do my breathing exercises. I would, so I took... It, you have to be, I, I guess, I had to be proactive about it. Mm -hmm. So I knew this is my, my stress is up. So I need to lower it so that I don't cause any more inflammation in my, my body is already fighting stuff off. So I don't want to introduce more. So it was, and my husband, again, um, an ardent protector of our peace. And that's what we've done. It just, yeah, I, a lot of st stress-reducing techniques. I did chiropractic. Um, I, I put, I had my chiropractor come on in in the, in the team. So I would go in before every infusion, um, and she would open up her practice, her her office on the day before we had chemo, so that I could be the only patient in there, and she'd be double masked. Um, and she would treat me and then to get me ready for chemo. So all of that, I believe all, all of that massage. Um, yeah, you proactive to take proactive steps. That's what I would highlight. Proactive steps on reducing at least the impact of stress because you can't 
remove it, but the impact that it's doing to lessen it. And I think that's what, what your oncologist said, that you are driving the bus and you exactly you are driving that. the bus. You're not just sitting in the back seat waiting for things to happen. And you know that there is research now showing if you are part of that journey, you actually have better outcomes. You know, the, the research shows that people who feel they are in control, they're part of that journey, they they do have better outcomes. So that that's absolutely amazing. I, I I'm just so inspired by you. I know. I am too. <laughs> Thank is, you. Is it common? Is what you've gone through more common? Because it wasn't that way when I was in the States. I mean, my father was diagnosed with cancer a long time ago, 40 years ago. And it still wasn't that way for my sister-in-law who was diagnosed in 2009 because they were still learning stuff. But she did have a team that was, but is this more common now, Eva, to have this sort of process in place? Or were you just, you're a lucky one? And, and I, you know what I mean, because right, you were right. really, it's really good that you've had a, a gynecologist that called and said, right, this is what's going on. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I, th- I think it's a little bit of, I never, I never went and got a second opinion. I trusted right. my biopsy. Um, I saw the reports. I don't know how to, I, I can't say, oh, I, I can read reports. I can't. But um, I spoke with my gynecologist. She said it was. I went to the surgeon and I always, I like to meet the person face to face. So there was the option to do telehealth with that surgeon. And I opted, no, I need to go in and see face to face and kind of like feel what mm-hmm. he's like. Um, and when he walked in the room, I don't know, his presence was just, calm but this is what it is these are your options I was never made to feel this is happening to you Mm -hmm. and we're going to do this to you because that's just what we do no it was all constantly asking me are you okay with this uh and he says and even if you are with this if you're okay with this but not with this we'll cut this off um so he the whole team, I think it started with him because then he chose the oncologist and with him too. Well, I need to meet him because I, for, and I have that attitude where doctors went into their profession, not because they want to kill you, but because they want to help you. Um, but some personalities just don't mesh. And so I like to go interview the doctor because um, they do work for you when you become their patient. So when I met my oncologist, um, he, he, so he was a different personality than my surgeon, but still he was the utmost professional and still was always asking me, what do you think? What do you want to do? We don't, we don't have to do anything if that's what you want, or we can do some of it if that's what you want. So I never was made to feel that this was happening to you. Which I think a lot of a lot of cancer patients, you know, do tell us that they feel. So actually, you, you were invited to give opinion, and you were invited to be part of the, those decisions. Yeah, I had left. I have left other doctors before. I have, I have gone into to, to change a doctor for some reason, and I just didn't. Mm, I just I, I no. When you come in with 
with a script pad in place and you don't really know me and no, I'm going to walk away mm-hmm. um, and find another one um, who will work with you. It, it just so happened, if you will, that this, this team just worked and it was constant open communication. They left it open so that whenever I had a question, um, I'm not calling the office, but they gave me their cell numbers. So why, if they do that, that endears me to them. So amazing, amazing. And you said that your oncologist was quite open to your diet, the, the way you were eating. Uh, what about supplements? Were, were, were you taking any supplements? I was. I was taking omega three, B twelve because I'm plant based. So I figured, uh, let's let's up the B twelve. Um, so I was doing the the omega three, B twelve, vitamin D and a multi with everything in it. Um, And he just requested, and he said, I would just request, he said, that you not take, oh, and I was doing the turmeric, not as a supplement, but whole food. um, And he knew all of that was going into my smoothies and I cook with it. Um, Turmeric, ginger. And so when I was gonna go into surgery, I do remember him saying, I'm just going to request that you not do the omega-3 and the ginger before surgery. Um, and I, I would always say, why not? And then he, he would just explain it. Um, okay. I can see, I can see your, I can see your, your view on that. But I would, as soon as I was out of surgery, I was taking it again. So, but he never said stop ever. The only one that we did um, had to um, tweak here and there was zinc because I was I would take a supplement zinc, and so he would say he based on my labs, my liver function, he would say um, I actually told him um, maybe I should back off of the zinc because it's affecting my alkaline phosphatase. And he's like, no, zinc, does, zinc doesn't affect that. I'm like, oh, it does. And so I, I gave him some papers and he read it and he went back on the portal and he says, you're right, let's try it. <laughs> and so, so that kind of thing, let's try it. So I backed off the zinc and my labs came back because I, I can't, I, I was telling Deb, I can read labs very, very minimally but I left that work for him because he's the clinician, but I was always printing my own lab work out. I'd come in with a binder um, and I would say, see, look, the alkaline phosphatase I let off of the zinc and it's on a normal level. Um, and so he started talking. He says, well, yeah, it looks like your liver got back into, <laughs> into more of a balanced work. So yeah, I, I was on, on um, supplements and just not for surgery. And as soon as I was out, that night I took it again. <laughs> so how about medicinal mushrooms and or your favorite tea? Green tea. I did not do the um, the mushrooms, um, but I did do the green tea. Um, that it was, it was throughout. I would bring my smoothie and my um, thermos of green tea. Um, and they would always offer me, do you want a coffee? No, nope, I'm having my, and sometimes I wouldn't even finish what I was going to say. Your green tea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's better for me than that. 
<laughs> so uh, it's a, it's the same actually here. So cookies and chocolate that that's sort of offered to chemotherapy patients. Um, did any people feel inspired by by your green drinks? Um. I don't know. I, well, I didn't know when I was sitting in the chair because I, I don't know if you know when. So before you have chemo, before they even start your chemo, they pump you with um, uh, hydration to get your kidneys to work. Um, and they also give you anti-nausea and anti-allergy. Um, so your eyeballs are, you're going <laughs> they become quite heavy <laughs> and you, you can tell across the room who's getting, who's getting their, their share of Benadryl because you can see the head nodding. And, um, so I wasn't really aware, aware until a few days later. So a few infusions later when I went in for, I think it was like my third or fourth um, infusion. And then Friday I got my shot Um <laughs> So I go in, nothing, no, no, no smoothie with me. It was just, just to get the shot. So um, the, one of the nurses said, oh, so no, no smoothie today. Um, no, no. Just, um, and so she went into her room where the room with nurses are and she comes back with hers. Oh, and I said, you're doing it, Miriam, you're doing it. <laughs> so yeah, so, but who knows who, who knows? I, I don't remember only because of the Benadryl. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I ask, do you get to see a dietitian, a nutritionist? Did, did you see somebody through actually your oncologist maybe? or You what, are what? afforded that opportunity um, uh, here. Um, and actually it wasn't until, well, yeah, because he asked, but he said, <laughs> He said, well, you're a health coach. I'm going to ask you anyway. You are entitled to see a dietitian or a nutritionist if you, if you so choose. Um, and I said, thanks, maybe I will. Um, but it's good to know. Just let me have the number. But one of, one of the write-ups that I got and I looked at the foods that were on the list to eat, I wasn't going to do. So I just, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> It, of, it often is um, eat whatever you like. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. Eat whatever you like. You need calories. And in my head, I'm thinking, I need calories. Yes, I need energy. Yes, but like, what kind of calories? I'm going to have sugar calories, or am I going to have broccoli calories? You know what I mean? Ice cream, avocado. You know, which, which, would, yeah, it would blow my mind. And I was there from like eight to. One eight in the morning to one, so it overlapped with lunch. And yeah, you would see the the guy come in and bring in the sandwiches with the big bulky rolls and with um, salami. And no offense to anybody who like likes salami. No, I'm not here to offend anybody, but just that's probably not the first choice that I was. Or, deli meats and all of that I wasn't going to choose that for me anybody well, else make people aware that actually precious meat is a carcinogen it's linked to increased risk of cancer so you know serving it in an oncology hospital may not be the best advertising unless right. you're recruiting for next um right 
future clients. You're creating customers. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. It is insane what they do. You know, they'll say, go ahead and have these sugar filled or processed meat. And I get where they're coming from. And I, I try to, I, okay. They're not coming from a place that we want to kill you, but they're coming from, you know, be, be kind to yourself. Because, well, I am, if I, I am actually being kinder to myself, if I'm choosing the right foods. So absolutely. It's, it's a change of mindset. It definitely is. Mm-hmm. Definitely is. So where are things now? Because you, you, you've been through your, you've been through your treatment, you've had your surgery, you've done all that stuff. You, you've, you're growing your hair back. Yeah, I like it. You're getting those nice curls. Yes, we, yeah, it looks good. I I like it. I love the color. Mm. Um, Thank you. It's going to stay. I am choosing to not color it. It's well done. I mean, it's so beautiful. I, you know, people choose to color their hair your color. It's, I know we, 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 you know, we we are a podcast, not a sort of video, um, but it's just beautiful. It's thank I mean, you, thank you, it's, and it's I'm lovely. really appreciating it. Yeah, it's really nice. Lovely curls. It looks thick. You know, all that stuff, and it's a nice sort of. It has a lovely tone to it. You know, because mine's you. just mine's just white. Really? No, I don't think so. Yours actually looks blonde to me. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. No, it's not. It's wild. <laughs> it's a bit wild, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It does. My curl. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's me. My curls fit me. But yep. so you've been through that and it and it's lovely to see that you are, you look so well. And that's such an ugly, you know, it's not fair to say that because so many people, when they, when they have cancer, people say, oh, you look so well, but you look so well, but you look all this stuff. You know, there are a couple of different things that I'm thinking about, but did that drive you crazy at all? Because you do look really well. I'm going to, I'm going to say the thing I shouldn't say. I do remember here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're yeah. People will say, oh, she's got cancer. She doesn't look sick. Okay. I didn't know there was a look. Um, Also, the one that really, really got to my heart was when people would say, oh, you have breast cancer. Well, that's the good cancer. If you're going to have cancer, that would be the best one. I don't remember feeling any good about it. Um, I, and whatever cancer anybody is going through, it's their worst because they are going through it. So to me, that was, it, I didn't hear it often, but I just heard it enough or the unsolicited advice. And I suppose, again, it's coming from a good place. But you have to see it that way. It's, it's not, um, I think people really struggle with what mm-hmm. do I say to somebody that has cancer? One thing came tr- true in bring up that point just made me think cancer for me became and I've told this to my husband it became the big filter everything now goes through the cancer filter so and part of that is um they're coming from a place of love yes there's also a filter called a brain that's in there so you have to to please think about what we say to those who are going through any pain. It doesn't have to be cancer, but whatever illness that they're going through, it's their illness. So it's just as valid and just as painful 
for them. And they're just as entitled to feel bad about it. Um, so please just let, let's just choose kindness <laughs> whenever you can just choose kindness, you know, if you know, and it became, that's right. The became the great filter because I noticed that some of my friends stopped calling and I don't, I don't take it because it was, we're not friends anymore. It's just too difficult to talk about yeah um yeah because they're coming around now um yeah and so you can see that so and if you're not going to say anything kind don't say anything that's what I I figured or it was highly uncomfortable for them um and that that's okay I'm I kind of have to move forward but we'll pick this up when whenever I get the energy um yeah, but it, it became, cancer became the great filter. I wrote a lot. That's the other thing. I wrote a lot um, in my journal. And part of what I wrote was no longer am I going to do, say yes to when I really want to say no. You have just so much bandwidth when you go through cancer and cancer treatments that your energy you're yeah it, it you can't just be giving that away mm. um so does that make sense it focuses, absolutely it focuses your mind doesn't it it really focuses your mind on what's important who's important yeah and it's kind of like you, you're sifting out yeah mm. it's yeah. either an overwhelming yes or it's a no yeah yeah it's, i think it's great because it has given you permission to start paying attention to what's right for you. And if you think, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. And you can, you know, it's, in some respects, you can just, again, use your own cancer filter and say, no, I don't feel very well. Or right. I just don't, you know, so those, or, or like some people are just like, no, right. you know, I'm it's okay not happening. It. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with no, the full just, sentence, no period. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> So how is this, when did you qualify? When did you become a health coach? Because you were a teacher. I was. So I taught for 20 years. Um, and that's when I found out what stress does to you. Uh, I loved the teaching, but it was the stressful, I would call it corporatizing of the humanities field, um, where it was just numbers and little minds and little bodies. It just doesn't jive. It's not what I'm about. Humanities is you take them where they're at and you move them from there. But it was all numbers, numbers, numbers. And I worked hard to meet those numbers. I did meet those numbers. I hated it. And my body, I read that book, The Body Keeps the Score. And it's so true because... Your body, when your body is, it, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to meet those numbers, I'm going to meet these quotas, but your body will then reel from all of that stress. Mm -hmm. So I met the numbers, but I didn't meet my health. Mm -hmm. And so I resigned. It was no longer, it was cutthroat. It was, yeah, I was having panic attacks and no, it's not no, for me. No job is worth me dying for. I'll die for a cause, a cause that I choose to die for, but I'm not going to die for a, a job. 
Mm. Um, so, and that's what it had become for me. It had become just a job. Just you go in, do it and get out. Mm -hmm. Um, so I left and I actually was introduced to health coaching with a friend of mine because she was going in for her health coaching training and then she needed some practice clients. So I'm, I'll do it. I am stressed out of my mind. I, yes, I sign me up. So in working with her, I found this really works. These strategies that you work, oh my goodness, it really worked. It was like, oh. Um, so, so I started training myself. I, I enrolled and this was in 2017. I enrolled. Um, yeah. And it's all been great. For, I love, it never feels a day that you, it feels like you're working, but it's a different kind of stress. It's that personal growth inducing stress where you're going to see some attainment of something. Mm. Um, that, uh, yeah, I'll do that every day. So nice. no quota, no scores. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. No quota. <laughs> no quota. No quota. Just happy clients. <laughs> That's so nice. How has what you've gone through? How has that changed your practice? Um, it's changed my practice to get really focused on stress. I believe we're not as helpless as sometimes we may think we are. Aside from, you know, accidents and, and genetic predispositions and all of that, our life ends up being the totality of our choices. So if we work on our choices and make sure that they're good for us and our family, that they're serving us instead of depleting us, then we'll have a good life. And so for me, I think the mindset has a lot to do with it. So I like to work it's taken more of a turn for mindset. Um, it's taken, it includes food because improper food also causes stress to the body. Yeah. So I'm, my focus is stress and whatever that is, whether it's lifestyle choices or food choices. Mm -hmm. And Deb, we've done a few of these uh, podcasts and stress always comes up, doesn't it? Stress yeah. as such a driver of ill health yeah yeah it really in is in the 90s 90 something percent is either caused by stress or um affected or made worse by, crazy. by stress so yeah. yeah it's crazy so um i'm just mindful of our time because things yeah. are we're chundering along what um what other things are, do you want to talk about that we haven't so far linda would you like to ask eva um, how, how do you take care of yourself now? You know, so you've gone through the treatments um, and sometimes, you know, that there's a tendency to kind of relax, relax the routine and, and mm -hmm. go back to, I know you were eating healthy before, but you said you had to sort of change uh, that intention and eat with intention. Mm -hmm. So have you stuck to all the healthy living and healthy food? I have, I have. Um, my cancer was caught early Um I'm still afraid of recurrence. Um, as I said, I've got a scan coming up on Monday. Um, so yeah, I'm not playing around. I'm not, um, this is for me. I, and we're going to continue because it, it's brought me great results. So why change it? 
what what do you eat in a day what what is your sort of ideal diet <laughs> so it's plant it's plant-based so I call it plant strong because I do eat eggs I do eat I'm not a vegan um I do eat eggs I do eat chicken I I do not eat red meat pork um I don't do that um I do eat fish lots of fish exercise I've already gone out walked for an hour um and because of my strength I don't pay attention to how many miles I've I've walked it's not that I it's not how many miles I said I've walked period so go out there for an hour and that's daily that's my morning routine um I do my stretches um so I like to start off the morning with a peaceful routine because I know that sets you up for the day for the for the rest of the day, um, and then I just nourish myself. So I ha- I do a fasted walk, and then when I come home, I I eat my smoothie bowl and it's veg heavy. Um, I may have a fruit in today. I think I had blueberries in it. Um, so blueberries, pepper, a a bell pepper, um, Brussels sprouts. I've been known to be kind of kooky with the, with the smoothies, but it's, it's what's worked for me. I'd rather do more veg than fruit. Um, and then I'll have lunch will probably be either, uh, fish or beans, um, with lots of greens, always lots of greens. Um, yeah, and, and same thing for dinner. You never get bored. Um, eat the rainbow. There's so many colors to choose from. And it looks great. It's, it looks it so lovely. So on pretty. The when you compare sort of beige food to colorful, yeah. Boring. Okay. Yeah, it is boring. And what's the uh, the deal with soy over there? Is there a, because we have, there's always a discussion about eating tofu or not having tofu, not soya milk. We're not going to go down that road at all. But do you, do you eat tofu? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I eat fermented soy. So you I have tempeh. eat tempeh. Yeah. yeah. Um, tofu. Not as much. I can't even say, oh, I'm a regular eater of, of I know. But you don't like definite. it. Go on, fess up. You don't like it. I can tell. Mm. Okay, I don't. It's <laughs> kind of mushy and um, I don't know. Oh, she's, she has to come. You know, Eva, you yeah. have to come to my house and I'll cook you some tofu. Yeah, yeah. You come okay. to either of our place and we'll fix you yeah. some tofu and tell you the right way to prepare it. Because, <laughs> to prepare it. Okay, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll do that. It's but all down it. Yeah. Yeah, it's got that nice sort of grit to it, doesn't it? And, and yeah. as far as, um, not grit, but, you know, it's got a bite to it and the texture is lovely. Yeah, yeah I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's, that's really fun. Because, you know, soya has, you know, there's this do you, don't you over here, this real argument between people. And it's, it's yeah. just what I would ask about. And that. I understand it. And uh, ultimately, it, it, if, say, soy or other, say, food A, let's call it, say, food A, is controversial. Um, and so, so some people will eat it, some people won't. But if those people who are mindset, or that you think that eating that food A is going to cause you harm, then don't eat it because you're causing yourself more stress by doing that. So stick to the other foods. And then there's the other side of things. So re- really um, being scared of eating anything, feeling that that's going to feed my cancer, that's going to feed mm. my 
Yeah. And, I think and that's adding stress again. Mm-hmm. So your stress will probably feed that cancer mm-hmm. or make the terrain. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So refocus on, you know, having all the good stuff and actually enjoying your food. Yes. yes. So can you may have talked about this when I was gone, but what's the, you know, you have a, a, a process of your, your treatment, your surgery and all of that. And now you're, you've got anxiety for Monday. So do let us know how you are, but as and when, as and when, and then what's the, the process from then can I ask so do you go then do you go another six months do you go three months six months a year what do they do a year so we wait a year I do see my oncologist every it was every month now we've switched to every three months oh nice yeah um and I see him in June um I see my gynecologist who I am going to hug her I haven't seen her face to face since all of this. Um, and I think I'm going to get her flowers. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a, it'll be a year. So I need to get her a bouquet of kale. <laughs> I'm sorry? Bouquet of kale. You know what? Don't tempt me because I probably <laughs> will. Oh, do it, do it. I think that'd be great. That'd love the idea. <laughs> okay, okay, idea. I'm sold. <laughs> I'm sold. It's a great idea. Dr. Modini, here I come. <laughs> she sounds an amazing woman. She really does sound really? an amazing woman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We wish that more people had, you know, someone like that. And she reminds me of you when you're saying she's a pit bull in a skirt. In a skirt, reminds me of Nina. Doesn't it you? It's really funny. Yeah. If, if Nina's listening, she's going to go, all right, I'm going to get you guys. <laughs> but those are, those are the people who make things happen. Yeah, it's you true. Know? It's true. But they, they are in your court. Yeah. Yes. And, and you need that because yeah. it is scary. You know, no matter how strong you are, it is scary. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah. There's been days that, yeah, I, I, there were days, and still, it still hits me. Mm. Um, I'll be walking around, even washing my hair. I remember when this all came out right here. Um, and then again, okay, so think of something to be grateful for, because that'll, that for me will switch from stressful to more of a parasympathetic. Mm. And so I think, okay, now think, I thought of that. Okay, thank you so much. Now let's think of three things for which I'm grateful for. Right there and then, it just becomes more of a, I need to remind myself. Gently and lovingly remind myself. So how did you do that when your hair was falling out, Eva? Because, you know, that you and I talked about that when we had our call the other, I don't know when it was, but, you, you know, you talked about what that was like. So how did you maintain that sense of positivity as you were washing your hair and you're seeing clumps of it falling out? Yeah. You know, and I don't mean to, to stir up anything, but your attitude is extraordinary. I mean, I just want to bottle you up and, you know, just have you around all the time. Thank you very much, you know, and for everyone. because you... Eva supplement. Um, <laughs> we need an Eva supplement. We do. <laughs> That's a good idea. Oh, <laughs> I need what a little day. I need a, what a day. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. It's true. But because, you know, there are so many people out there 
and that I've talked with people and they say, you know, the moment they get that diagnosis or the moment that they hear that, it's kind of like a wind tunnel. And then you start going through all the processes of, of your journey to, to help your body and treatment, et cetera. What did you, how did you maintain that? Or did you? And it's fine if you didn't. I'm just curious. Oh, there were days that I was a literal mess. Mm. Um, and then there were days where, okay, this is all part of the process. And that's actually where writing came in. I would write all my feelings down and then it just happened to be more of a pattern. So whenever I would have a chemo infusion, that would really drop, it would kick me in the pants. Mm -hmm. So then I'd have a more of a down um, emotionally. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would write, I actually colored, uh, somebody gifted me a coloring book on gratitude. Um, and so I would, I would spend the time doing that. Um, and then there were other days where I would have those thoughts and I was able to turn them around. Um, but yeah, there were days that it was, it was days. It wasn't. And I kept thinking, these are days. It's not a life. These are days. It's not a life. Um, just take it five minutes at a time. And I don't want to say just take it five minutes because those five minutes seem long. Mm -hmm. Um, so take one minute at a time. If you want, take one hour at a time, one day at a time. Mm -hmm. If I got up out of bed, when, um, if I, if I was able to cook in, see for me, cooking was therapy. So even though I was tired and just couldn't move, stirring a good pot of lentil stew that I was going to have and nourish myself with. That would just, oh, I'd go up your olfactory nerves. It's just, oh, this is so nice. Oh, great. You're done. I'm done. I, I stirred it up for three times. I'm, I'm, I am now dead tired. Um, but you go through it. You do go through it. You're amazing. I spoke to a woman years and years ago who had a really bad patch in her life. Really, really difficult time. And her husband left her. I mean, just one thing after another, after another. And she called her mom and her mom said, what's the, what's the one thing you can go and do right now? Because she, you know, she had a child, a single mom, everything it was just, I mean, what a shit storm for her. And she said, I can go make a cup of tea. And she yeah. said, go make a cup of tea. And I think it's that those attitudes of saying, what's the one thing I know I can do right at this moment? And if it's go get a glass of water or whatever it is, or sit down and, or go stir the little soup, if you can do that, you know, all of those things. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. I like the way you brought it up because you feel so like out of control. Mm. I, I can't control anything. And that's why too, I, I, I decided to cut my own hair. Um, cancer's not taking it. I am, um, it's just a, a switch of perspective. I mean, of course, cancer's not really taking it. Chemo is, um, but it's still leaves. sense of control. So yeah, what you can do for yourself, even the little things, you've got that control back. Mm. Gosh. And that, mm. that's so important that getting that control back. Mm. I think that that's absolutely essential. Yeah. Can I ask you for three tips for people who are going through cancer? Just three tips that you would like to give us. Three tips. 
surround yourself with a support system, whether it's friends, family, that's a big one. Um, take it easy. Give yourself some grace. Um, and learn to set priorities, I would say. Oh, and a fourth one, protect your peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very I nice. think those, yeah. It's very good. It's very good. It's true. It's all true. Protect Thank your peace. We all need to do that all the time. Anything else? What have we met? Have you got any questions for us? I, you ladies have been just the best. I, I've actually enjoyed my time here. <laughs> oh, likewise. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm so, um, you know, you are absolutely amazing. I've got to say, this is like you're sitting in my living room because this is where I have the computer. <laughs> you're in my living room and we're just having a chat. That's what it feels like. So props to you ladies for knowing how to make someone feel comfortable. <laughs> thank You're amazing. You. Thank You're you. No, thank you. You're amazing. It's been such a treat and a treasure for us. And I just, this is where social media is fantastic. No. You know, this is the beauty of it because, you know, we can meet and share and talk about things and, and for you to allow us to reach across the pond and talk with you is just beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. I need to say that you're absolutely infectious. I know it's it's not 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 the word to say now in the COVID. <laughs> but she but, is. But this is the infection everybody should get. It's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. And I'm like, we, we will we will say, oh, we need an Eva supplement. I know we will. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You're that that's very kind. <laughs> very kind. It's true. It's true. All your, your clients that you're helping, they're absolutely lucky to have you because if, if you can pass on your energy and that, that positivity you have, it's, you know, that, that's of everybody's benefit. It's, it was absolutely amazing. That means moment. a lot. Thank you it so is. much. That it means is. a lot. It is. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>